Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and I'm so happy to be here. We have another amazing show. Um, This show has been really growing quite quickly over the past six months, so I've been really excited to see more and more women coming on and listening to this show because we have such an important message to share on how to help women thrive unapologetically and really living from a place of truth and wisdom and all of our unique powers that we have as women that have tended to be pushed down or pushed aside or forgotten or made to feel less than. And so this is about reconnecting to those innate wisdoms and power and really to step into them with fullness and grace. And we have an incredible guest here today that is going to help us dive into these topics and more. But before we do introduce this beautiful woman, I want to take a moment to just stop and pause and breathe. So wherever you are, if you can, just close your eyes. You can stand, you can sit, you can lie down and just connect to your breath. Because the way that we connect to our intuition and our power women is to connect to our bodies first. And we can connect to our bodies and this beautiful vessel that holds all of our wisdom simply through our breath, something very easy to do. So just breathing in and out through your nose and feeling yourself arrive in this moment and knowing that this moment is perfect for you, given your given circumstances where you are in your life and your body. In this moment, all is well. Take another deep breath in and out. And you can stay here as long as you like and breathe and simply listen to this show. If you're ready, you can even come back with your eyes fully open. If you're watching on our Facebook Live, we live stream on our Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group every show. And today we have Alicia Bus. So now I have known her, I don't even know how long, but I remember her very... I mean, the moment that I did meet her because she was just so full of life and energy and so unapologetic and open in her authenticity. And I love that. And that's the topic of this show. Like, what does it mean to live unapologetically authentic? Okay. Help me out, Alicia. (laughs) Authentically. There it is. Unapologetically (laughs) and authentically. Oh, no. I'm doing a cleanse right now. So the brain is a little. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But she's an equine empowerment and confidence coach, inspirational speaker, equal rights activist activist. She has her own YouTube channel where she hosts tons of interviews. So check that out. And a men's and women's group leader. And her mission is to empower. Now listen to this. Her mission is to empower at least a billion people to have a voice and live their most authentic lives with confidence, joy, and expansiveness. And she focuses on the power of play, which I love, emotional regulation, which is essential, and personal accountability without shame, without Shame, ladies. Can you imagine what that would be like to live without shame? So here we are. <laughs> Thank Welcome you. to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for that excellent introduction. I really appreciate it. I am very happy to be here. It's always fun to get to connect with you no matter where we are. And yeah, I really love what this show stands for. And so it's just that much more of an honor to get to be here with you today. 
Yeah. And I'm so happy you're here because, you know, you, well, first of all, I just want to, I mean, the thing that probably stuck out the most to people and that intro is a billion people. That's like an eighth of the population. How yeah. does she plan on doing that? So let's just, let's just get that one out you of the way. So you want to start with that? Let's just yeah. start with that one because that's probably what's sticking out. I mean, cause when I read your, when, when I first met you, you told me that and I was like, and it kind of, I stood back like, really, that's impressive. So what, how, what's your plan? Like why, well, wonder, why do you want to reach a billion people and what, how are, how do you plan on doing that? Well, okay. So, um, when I was a small child, I was five. Um, so I've been a mas- medical massage therapist for uh, like 20 years professionally and been giving people massage since I was five. And when I was this little kid, I believed that I was such a big spirit that I wanted to hold the whole world's pain so that no one else would ever have to hurt. Oh my At five. At five. Oh my gosh. That's a lot to carry for a five-year-old. It is a lot to carry for a five-year-old. And then fast forward, you know, many years later, and I learned how to ground and let people have the autonomy to carry their own stuff and that we can help to facilitate their empowerment um, so they can grow. And we have those healthier boundaries and not taking things on somatically, energetically and whatnot. But I still wanted to help empower people so that they could just live these beautiful lives and their authentic selves and bring forth their natural talents to the world and help solve the world's problems, right? Because we have so many. Just a few. Just a few. few. And I think it's really important for every single person to have a voice and a safe space to articulate that and to be their unapologetic selves mindfully, which, you know, if you're being mindful, you don't have to apologize as much, which is great. Um, But a billion people, it's like in the Native American culture, they think about things as impacting seven generations, right? And so over around the world, we have so many different cultural perspectives that we can bring forward and getting to honor that and modeling for our children and the children's children. And so I wanted to impact a billion people because then over the course of time, hopefully the whole world could just be better. And to show the world that just because you're one person doesn't mean that you can't make a big and beautiful impact on the world. And that's why I try to give so many people a voice on my platform um, so that they can just see that even as one person, they're worth it. And I I see that often uh, you have a Facebook group. Uh, you have several Facebook groups, you have a YouTube channel, and you are always interviewing just a wide array of people and giving um, just a platform for people to share what they do and have these deeper conversations. And it's beautiful to see how the variety that you bring in and the and the variety of conversations that you're having. Thank you. And I also have experienced like every time I am posting something for like, I have an event coming up, you're, you immediately pipe in. It's like, Hey, post it in my group. Let me share it. for you. <laughs> and I think as women, sometimes this can be, you know, scary for us to trust other women to actually in the generosity of others, because our dominant culture tells us that we should always be in competition. And this, mm. and this is deeply, um, this goes against our DNA and our natural, um, in our natural gifts as women to be in competition, we're more inclined to be in community and of service. Right. And, um, and yet there's been this, um, we've been indoctrinated into these beliefs that we have to compete because, you know, way back in the day we were property and we had to compete for the best husband to make sure that we were provided for. So we were always mm. against each other. And what I love about you is you don't, 
you don't have that. I don't. <laughs> and like, and how is that? How is that? Have, 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 in the past, have you felt yourself in competition with other women and have you had to work through that? Or is this just something that you have this natural ability not to fear your competition? Or it's a real, you- yeah, that's a really deep question. I'm like, huh, like how, how vulnerable is it being that answer? Um, in regards to all of that. So when I was a kid, um, I was always like that one kid in school that like if somebody new came in, I welcomed them and I wanted to show them around and I wanted to make them feel like they were not alone and they could be accepted. So, and it didn't matter what gender they were. Um, I wasn't one of the popular kids in school, in middle school and high school, um, other than like the tra- traditional sense of popularity where I literally knew like all 400 kids in my class. Um, but yeah, so I, I really credit my mom to that. Actually, she's an amazing woman and she just, we treated everybody with respect and community and like, it didn't matter what race you were, what gender you were, what your socioeconomic status was like, everybody was worth knowing. It didn't matter if they had a disability or different abilities, we like to say. And so I think that that's where it comes from more. So I think the only times that I was really in competition with other women was when I was younger, uh, like a teenager and struggling with relationships and power dynamics of feeling like disempowered and not feeling heard and seen and understood in other ways. And so I was more grasping in that. And so there were some things for me to work through to become a more ethical person, which I'm grateful to be today. And I think that that's part of the reason that I'm so um, open with people and accepting and do my best to not shame people and to just say, we need personal accountability and to recognize where the pain is coming from and why we're acting out in various ways that are not always functional. But instead of shaming ourselves for those things that we're doing that are not in alignment with our truth and integrity, that we're able to reach out to the people that are safe to say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. This is the support that I need, be it from our partner, from our community, like our other girlfriends, um, to be able to transcend that space. And not to say that we shouldn't be, you know, like, if you did something that is unethical, you should own that you did something unethical and not be like, it's fine, you know, it's not a big deal, you know, but just be like, yeah, I did something that was shitty. And here are the things that I need to do to make amends. And here's the truth that I need to speak to myself and here are the actions that I need to take in the situations I need to put myself in. So I am able to stay in alignment. Like if you're feeling weak and then don't like fear it. If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bar. If you're addicted to sugar, don't go to the sweet shop. Like <laughs> if you're struggling to like have ethical engagements with people that you're attracted to, don't be with them in private places. <laughs> like stay with them in public. If you still want to hang out with them as friends, like it doesn't make you a bad person because you're weak. It just means that you have to be really honest with yourself where your weaknesses are so that you can show up in a way that's real. Um, that's just a simple thing. And I think so much in society, we're like shaming other women um, who are struggling with um, their careers or what they're eating, or if they've ever cheated on somebody in the past. Um, or, you know, like some, they're not trustworthy. It's like, like, well, if a person continues the action and refuses to look at what they're doing, then yeah, that person is most likely going to continue to not be trustworthy. If a person was going through a really difficult time in life, they did something that was unethical. They're like, shit, that was wrong. They took action and changed. Then I think it's important to be able to see the person for where they are in present time 
give them the benefit of the doubt within a space of healthy boundaries and communication while they're able to rebuild that trusting process. And what really stands out to me with this is that this creating the loving space so that we can come into it and be like, okay, I've done some things that I am ashamed of. I've done some things that are not, you know, maybe amoral, but, you know, depending on whose lens is <laughs> we're looking through. Exactly. And, and so, but being able to sit there in a, in, with other women and to share that and know that you're not going to be shamed, that you're not going to be judged. I think that is incredibly powerful and healing in it of itself because that's what, that's how we've stayed small as women through millennia is to be shamed yeah. and to be afraid of saying our truth or finding our voice. And so I love that idea of just like coming into this sacred space or I say sacred space, you say safe space, same, same. Yeah, um, for sure. And saying that, okay, tell us what, it, what, and this is the beautiful thing about being coaches. Cause we're both coaches is that yeah. hey, come into this space. Let me hold you. Let's share. But yeah. it's even more powerful when you bring in a group of women and be able to have that experience that you're not going to be burned by other people's judgment and, and criticisms. And yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I love about having such a diverse group of women that I get to be friends with is that we can have sometimes polar opposite viewpoints and value systems, but because we have respect for one another and we know that we're coming from a place of positive intent, we're able to have conversations of mutual curiosity and respect about the other person's viewpoint and life experience and not shame each other in the process. And I mean, I think that's next level of communication and friendship right there. And Oftentimes we have to do the work within ourselves to be able to become secure and not reactive and know that like, if we do get triggered, that trigger is our responsibility because the person that triggered us is actually giving us a gift because they're showing us where we have a wound that we still need to heal. And healing is our responsibility, just like it's our responsibility to tell the person who triggered us, which was potentially malintended or just somebody being clumsy in their engagements or stumbling upon something they didn't know was there and telling them how you feel, telling them what you need from them and being okay with feeling irrational potentially in that moment. Be like, Hey, I'm feeling just this interpolation inside of myself and my bandwidth is short today. So we need to either change the topic or I just need to like get off the phone for instance, and give myself some space to reset and then when I'm in a space of neutrality, I can come back and have that conversation with you. And so is this what you would consider the emotional regulation part or part of it? I would consider that just healthy communication and boundaries. I think that's just acknowledging where you're at with things and not feeling shame about it. Because if you're just being yourself, your authentic self, and you're feeling the experience of being human, like you shouldn't feel shame about that, right? Um, and getting to have the emotional regulation is acknowledging that and then knowing what are the things, the steps that you need to take to be able to come back into that space of neutrality, right? Because if you're just like at the effect of your feelings and your feelings and your energy are just like everywhere and spilling out over everybody, right? That's not really emotional regulation. That's just you not taking responsibility for your life experience. And some days we don't have the bandwidth to be able to reel ourselves in. And that's when it's, that's the honest part with yourself. Just being like, you know, what? I just, I I'm done. I can't people today. Like I've got nothing left to be able to reel myself in. I don't have the time to handle it today. 
and that's okay, but I need to know that I need to not talk to these people or need to do the, the best job I can in this situation or just tell people, hey, I'm not really in the best headspace today. And so please don't take anything personal that comes out of me because it's not actually malintended. I just have in a moment. And I'd love to be able to, to clarify the, what, we're, what we mean by, or what you mean by emotional regulation, because I, sometimes I feel like this is a delicate topic because as women, we've been told like, oh, you know, your emotions are messy and you need to keep them tidy. You, you know, you're being too much. Oh, so I, I get that one all that, the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I want to make sure that the women listening here, that we're not saying that you know, don't feel all the things no. don't, your, that your feelings are bad, that if nope. you're having emotions, let them come forward and not regulate them in the sense of trying to push them down or um, adjust them to make other people happy. Thank, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's absolutely not about adjusting them to make people feel happy. It's about adjusting them so that you can be your most authentic self and not be out effect of your emotions in a way that is unbalanced. Because for instance, like if you feel rage, there is nothing wrong with feeling rage. Rage is the appropriate response to seeing an injustice or experience an injustice, for instance. It's how you channel that emotion that is where regulation comes in. So for instance, like if you're feeling rage, and I use rage as um, an example, especially because women, because I feel like as women, we're not supposed to get to feel rage. And that's a bunch of silliness. So when we feel rage, it's who is a safe person to talk to that I can just like say everything that I need to in a really emphatic and big way. Um, It's do I need to like, sometimes when I'm really mad, I have a bucket of softballs in my truck and a baseball bat. And if I'm having a rough time, I just go to the baseball field and I hit the shit out of some balls. And that's how I get the energy out of me. Like that's a form of regulation. It's not saying to stuff it down. It's to find a safe place, activity to channel it to where it needs to go. When you said baseball bat, I'm like, I was waiting for it. And I was getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's, a, if, yeah, if there's a place, I, I think it'd be great if we could have like just old cars and baseball bats. So you just put on like eye protection and just to go beat the shit out of like old cars and people just pay money to do that. Or you go and you like break plates. <laughs> I think there's a place like that in Washington state where I'm from, but um, no, it's just like if somebody's in love, right. Sometimes their feelings can get really manic and out of control because people in society say, Oh, love is so great. And I'm like, is it though? Because you know, that stalker might love you. I wouldn't say that that's in control. So <laughs> it's just recognizing that any emotion can take you out of balance. doesn't matter if it's love or it's grief or like joy or rage or any, any of the things on the magnificent scale of emotions. It's just recognizing, okay, what is this feeling? Um, am I in a place where I can fully express myself to the magnitude of what I'm feeling? Or do I need to shift a little bit? Like if you're in the library, that's not the place to go yell, you know? If you're there, like other some place like that, it's just you get to choose. It's just like a a bunch of um, like Marines, let's say, just because I feel like it's in like we have we have Lady Marines, so let's like stick with that too. It's just like Marines they go to church and they know that like you can't swear and talk like you do to other Marines when you go to church. You know, when you go to your kid's school, you don't get to act a certain way. When you go to the bar you do get to do those things because it's a more appropriate place or a barbecue, you know, 
And so it's not about saying don't feel things. It's about knowing when and where and how it's good for you to be able to express those in a way that respect yourself and the people around you, Yeah, not people pleasing. And so from a yogic perspective, it's, uh, we talk a lot about awareness, like be aware of the emotions that are coming up because they're usually tied to a thought. They're always tied to a thought or sure, yeah. and just understanding, okay, I'm, I'm feeling the heat of the rage in my belly, which means I know it's going to happen next. If I don't breathe into my belly, if I don't really breathe into that, understand, okay, this person said this thing to me, but it's really just triggering or activating this old wound that makes me feel this way. And I know from the past, when I feel this way, I act through maybe a screaming or yelling or throwing something. And instead, oh, I'm so aware of this. I can breathe into it, feel that regulation happening and be like, okay. And I can step back and witness it. And so then I can channel that energy into something that's more powerful and potent and more in line with the heart and the, so that's what I, how I interpret it. And I would love to bring that back in after our break, but we're already at the first break. Oh my goodness. It went so fast. So fast. So if you're listening, we're here with Alicia bus and we're talking about how to live authentically unapologetically through mindfulness and a lot of other tools that she's going to bring forward. But uh, I just wanted to announce that I'm going to be leaving the voice America empowerment channel family and venturing out on my own. But if you love this show, because it's been growing and I'm getting, having so many women talking about how much they love this show. If you really want to stay connected, the best way that you can do that is reach out to me at lindsay.tv backslash practices. What you'll do is you'll sign up for my email list. I will send you all the information of the new show. And you'll also get my practices, yoga nidra, breathing and meditation that will help you stay regulated and feeling really calm and steady in challenging times. We'll be right back after this short break. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. (laughs) 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm Lindsay McCowan. I'm here today with Alicia Bus. I did it. I knew I would do it because you told me not to do it. <laughs> I'm blaming you because I knew it was Bus, and I and you told me the story, and then planted in my head, and then I said it. We're just gonna say I did that deliberately. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I have all kinds of nicknames out in the I know, world. I, just, I know. So I just, you know, brought up the trauma from a childhood experience. I apologize. It's so hard. Oh. <laughs> Let's process that now. Okay. Just going to do some uh, live processing and coaching uh, right now and, uh, you know, go deep into the inner child. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's dive back in because you have, you know, you offer so many things. Um, and I'm always amazed because I'm always get overwhelmed if I do too many things. And I tried to do all these different things and then I get overwhelmed. I'm like, no, like what is your one to two things? And that's what works for me so that I can honor my pace. Uh-huh. And I look at you and your pace is different because you have, you have the capacity to do a lot of different things. And one's not better than the other. Cause I want people when listening, like don't feel, cause we are some, you know, subjugate ourselves to this idea that we have to do more to be more, you do what is right for you so that you can stay living authentically and thriving at the same time. And so it's going to look, what I do is going to look different than what you do, but I am very amazed at how much you do. And one of the things that you do is um, the empowerment coaching with horses. So tell us more about that because I'm not, you know, I'm not a horse person, but I, I do love them and honor them because they are massive beast. That scare me a little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because there's so much in what you just said. And so before I jump into the horses, there is a point that I would love to make. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like as women business owners, especially, um, we tend to put a lot on ourselves. You know, many people out there, they're running households, they have kids, they have their businesses. We're expected to like keep up with the house and like our physical being and like go to the gym and like eat out, like all these things, right? Like <laughs> social standards. And, um, there's something my mother used to say to me, uh, and I keep bringing her up just because there's lots of great points today on that. And she, um, she had, we had three kids in the household and we ran a 15 acre farm and said, if it's not like life or safety, it can wait. Like it doesn't really matter. And I think that's just a really important thing to remember, especially as women business owners. So, um, we, put these expectations on ourselves that like we create these deadlines and we create the stress for ourselves. And oftentimes um, it's a struggle to reel it back in and be like, Oh yeah. Like that, that's not like a non-negotiable, it's not life altering. Like I don't necessarily have to make that deadline and um, just giving yourself the grace to be like, self-care is important. So for instance, I will book a certain period of time in my day and just be like, I'm going hiking. Like, It is my time to reset and like forest bathe and just come back to myself. Um, And especially when I have a whole lot of things to do. So people are like, how are you doing all these things? Like you're doing like you do so much. It's like, and I do so much because um, I honor myself to make sure I'm taking the time and taking Epsom salt baths, like journaling my gratitudes in the morning and stream of consciousness and, um, and just honoring like, okay, well, like maybe I'd like today hit the wall. I'm going to come home and I'm going to watch three hours of TV. If that's what I, feel like I need to do, we do a lot, but it doesn't have to, be, doesn't mean I'm doing all of it at the same time. Right. And creating different goals and be like, when do I want to do what at what time frame? And that actually loops 
into the work with the horses because of the work that I do with horses. So right now I don't have my own horses. So I primarily work with other people and their horses. Um, and then I can go to retreats and do the, um, inspirational speaking stuff with the horses too. And, um, it's really about working with horses at Liberty because I think it's really important for us to respect the horses as sentient beings and give them the autonomy of choice. Just like we should give it to each of us as human beings as well. And so when working with the horses at Liberty, that means that I don't have a rope connected to them. They don't have a saddle or bridle or halter or anything like that. And it's really just paying attention to their energy and the nonverbal communication that they're giving me and what I'm putting out and how they're responding to that. And it's about being present, right? Because if your mind is busy with a million different projects that you need to get done, you're not present, right? Yeah. And oftentimes, if we are thinking about too many things, it's really easy for us to give mixed messages to people, to horses and whatnot, without even realizing it. And so people are more likely to be present with the horses because it like, helps with safety because they are large animals, like you said, and intimidating, right? And so sometimes, especially if people are afraid of the horses, um, when I did have my horses, I'm like, we can work on the other side of the fence line. Because I'm not about traumatizing the people in front of me. I like to work with people where they're at, at a healthy gradient to get them to where they need to go. And if they're like, I just need little baby steps and it takes longer, that's fine because it's going to be more functional. And then you have other people that really like to push themselves. And so their jumps are going to be bigger. And that's also fine. There's no wrong way to go about interpersonal growth as long as you're being honest, I feel like, with yourself. And what I loved, uh, what I pulled out of that, well, there's a lot. The thing that really stood out to me is that working with these animals as um, and giving them liberty and uh, and authority, it's you can teach other women to do what that would feel like to receive that. Because if you're giving that to another being, and especially a non-human being, because there's so much healing that can happen with animals, as and that. You start. You can actually see how that animal is can come alive and be more present with you. And then, what would that feel like if you had that for yourself? And I think that's just a beautiful exchange that can happen in a healing. And, and I'm assuming because I've, I've done this with other animals. So, tell me more about how like it's really affected women in this way that of being with these animals and giving them this authority and liberty to be who they yeah. are without being bridled or saddled or held down. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of trust. I think a lot of women have had their boundaries crossed. I think we can easily agree upon. And um, and then people pleasing comes forward sometimes as a form of like, please don't hurt me, right? Like it's more of a fawning response from a trauma response. And so you'll work with horses sometimes that are very pushy on your boundaries. They want to be all up in your space and that doesn't necessarily make you feel safe. And so then the women have to learn how to have a voice and come forward to create those healthy boundaries. You know, it's not like they're, they're not hitting, definitely not allowed to hit the horses or anything like that, but how do you bring that energy up within yourself, which can be a different form of and like emotional regulation, right? Like energetic regulation of like, okay, how do I make it big and make it small? And so you're making your energy bigger. And then the horse is like, oh, so it's a force that's going outwards. And so that's how the horse meets you. And then the horse goes off right? If you need space. And then if somebody has a lot of boundaries up and they're struggling with connection, the horse is like, 
you don't feel safe, right? And so how do they come into their bodies to be able to be okay with themselves and be inviting of that authentic connection and learn how to receive a safe, authentic connection? It's beautiful. I mean, I love how, again, it comes back to being in your body. Yeah. Really feeling into that and creating that boundary. And you took your hand to your belly when you did that. And what I love is because that is so um, in sync with what we teach in yoga, that if you want personal boundaries, you got to go down into the belly and create, get a lot of strong energy here. And that's going to radiate out. I don't know if you, if that's what you teach, but that's where your hands went. And then I saw that and it's like that, that's where we find that, that power to create those boundaries without force, which is so important because our dominant culture teaches us that, you know, we have to do things through force or aggression, but when we're really in our bodies and really like understand how to channel the energy there, then we can create those boundaries from a much different place. That's actually more what I call in line with the divine feminine way of doing things. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, Yeah. Add to that because I just kind of riffed off of your thing and no, I love it. I love riffing. I'm a big fan of it. Um, And I love the points that you brought forward and yeah, definitely. There's a difference between boundaries out of protection and boundaries out of grounded confidence. Yes. Just like, this is who I am. This is what I tolerate. This is what I don't tolerate. And you're welcome if you're in alignment with that and you're not, if you're not, and just being very matter of fact about it, be like, I don't have to be mad at you. This is just, this is just what it is. And it's, it's, it's great. It's also interesting. So another thing that people don't um, talk about very often is um, I think that there's a lot to do, like from the sex coaching that I do, right? Obviously we're not having sex with horses. Let's just get that out of the way, folks. I know some of you have a moment when you're like, what, what is she talking about? And it's funny. It's in my book, but like, and the book's not done yet, but I'll make sure and let y'all know when it is. Um, because my book's title is sex, comedy, and confidence, a reflective journey with horses and talks about my own experience with all those three things. Cause I also do stand up comedy sometimes. And, um, but our sexual energy is our creative energy. Um, like those of you that have children, like all of us as women, like may or may not be, you know, like fertile or whatever, but in general, those concepts, like that's where we're creating life y'all. And so just like when we're creating our businesses and we receive from that space, right? And so sometimes when we have sexual blocks from have experiencing trauma or different considerations that we have, then sometimes people struggle to receive money and they re- they struggle, like we're not talking receiving money from the standpoint of prostitution in case that's like not clear for people. <laughs> that's not where we're going here. That is not the kind of business we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> yes, we're not. No, you know, people do whatever they want to on, uh, what's that? There's like some app or whatever. I forget. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's about harnessing our creative energy through our sexual energy. So for instance, if you have a lot of sexual energy and maybe it kind of like spills out everywhere and it can sometimes make people feel uncomfortable, it can give mixed messages to people. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of sexual energy. I have tons of sexual energy. Like it's like, crazy amounts. One time I was salsa dancing. I used to be a, like a semi-professional Latin dancer in my twenties. And I was dancing with this one guy and he was like, you were like 
20 pounds of sex stuffed in a 10 pound bag, just like <laughs> bursting at the seams. At the time, I thought that was pretty funny, but I don't think he actually meant it as a compliment, but it's fine. <laughs> the point being is that like part of the reason I love creating so much is I get to channel that energy of creation. That's the sexual energy. And I get to use it towards um, projects, right? Because it doesn't have anything that ne- this negative to it. It's just creative force right? Creative or flow, as we'd like to say, not necessarily force, it's flow. I think of force is like power because um, something can be in flow, but also be extremely powerful, which we are as women. We're extremely powerful as, as human beings, as creatures. And um, being able to honor what that is. And a lot of people have the same problem with horses as they do um, in their sex life, which is being present, having healthy boundaries, having healthy communication, being able to advocate for your needs and desires, um, paying attention to the nonverbal communication and energy of your partner, whoever that is in front of you, whatever gender that is. Um, And so when we work with horses on the ground, it's all about all of those things. It's just not sexual right? Not sexual. It's not sexual. It's harnessing your sexual creative energy. Right. You are an empowered woman. Right. It's about honoring all of that energy and what you're doing and how we channel any of our emotions, any of those, like the body of energy and power within us and knowing how to channel it and just being like, yeah, I'm powerful. And that's awesome. And here's the ways I'm going to ethically utilize that energy in my life to thrive unapologetically and authentically and mindfully and get to be all of my full self, even when it feels messy and there's nothing wrong with it feeling messy and you can do things in life without knowing what it looks like. It doesn't need to be perfect. Like we show up and, you know, there've been times in this interview where I'm like, yeah, I feel like that didn't come out as clearly as I would have liked to, but I feel that way every single show. (laughs) <laughs> right. And it's just like, it is beautiful. It's just like sit here and be real and model that for people and be like, Hey, just show up and be you. And people will love that. They love the authenticity. And, and yeah, know, we don't, we don't like perfect. the perfection. Although we, we, we look to the perfection as the ideal, but we don't really like that. We like the messiness. Like when we read a novel, do we want to read the novel where the woman has everything from birth and everything's perfect and she gets everything she's ever wanted in life. And no, we usually read things that are not great. <laughs> I know we want to, we want things that are more real and messy and more aligned with just being human on this earth. So I really appreciate you saying that because, you know, we talk a lot about thriving unapologetically on this show and thriving is about moving towards one's goals in spite of life circumstances that you're always moving forward through the mess, through the tears, through the grief, through the loss, you're still moving towards your goals that are in alignment with your heart. And the unapologetic piece is stop saying you're sorry to yourself. Oh my gosh. Like always I was saying, I'm sorry, I can't, I hear this part guidance. I feel it. And I'm saying, sorry, I can't do this because I'm shrinking. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough money. I don't know how. And then that just broke my heart over and over and over again until I'm like, okay, stop apologizing and listen to her. Even if it's scary, move towards that goal, even if it's scary. 
So maybe we can talk a little bit more about that when we come back after this break, if that sounds good to you. Sure. Oh, yeah. I say oh. that often. I'm like, we'll talk about it when we come <laughs> back and let's talk about something else. But if you're listening, please stay tuned because we have another segment here and we'll dive back in. And if you know this, what do I want to say here? <laughs> Our last episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically on the Voice America Empowerment Channel will be November 10th. However, the show will return to all of your favorite podcast sites. So be sure to join my newsletter so that you will know when that's going to air. And also, if you want to be a supporter of an independently run women's business and show, reach out to me at thrivingunapologetically.com at gmail.com. And let's rise and thrive together, women. We'll be right back after this show. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Lindsay McCowan, as I said before, but we're here. I'm going to get this right this time. Alicia. There you go. Great <laughs> job. We got through it. <laughs> I don't know what it is about introdu- like names. Like I, I will know someone's name, and when the moment comes to say their name, I do something weird with my mouth, and I'm like, what is that? You're just like, what just happened? <laughs> I know. Like, what? what? Really? I've practiced this over and over again. And then in the moment, it's just, I was like, okay, I'm just going, this is when I can apologize. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because like on the uh, matter of apologizing, um, because we have in our trauma responses, we have fight, fight flight, freeze, and fawn. And we don't talk about fawning very often mm-hmm. is one of the trauma responses. Um, but I think it's important for us to do it because there's so much of the people pleasing that comes from that. I remember having a client that worked with the horses when I had my horses back in Washington state and I was about ready to have like a jar for her, like a swear jar. But for every single time she said, sorry, cause I swear to God, it was like every other word out of her mouth. And I was just like, okay, we're just going to work. We're just going to work on this. And because when you say I'm sorry all the time, it's like, are you actually sorry or are you just afraid that you're going to get in trouble for what you just said because of how the, the reactivity from the person that's in front of you? You're like, every time you say, I'm sorry, you're like, please like me, please like me, don't hurt me. 
you know, and I'm not shaming anybody in that experience. Like, let me be super clear. It's more about just identifying that as a response that we oftentimes have. And it's important for us to understand what our value system is. And we, when we cross the line within ourselves, when we're, we should be sorry, both to ourselves and the person that's in front of us. You're like, I'm sorry. I did something that was out of alignment. Here's how I'm going to change. Because that's the other piece of the puzzle is like, when you just compulsively say, I'm sorry all the time, you're like, well, what are you doing to take action to change so that you don't need to continue to say that I'm sorry? What awareness do you need to bring to yourself and your engagements with others to stop doing that? And it's great to say, I'm sorry, and to feel like you, you care about people. It's like, where is it coming from within yourself? Are you saying, I'm sorry, because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings and you accidentally hurt somebody's feelings? Okay. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. You know, I'm sorry. I meant to, I meant to say something in a certain way. It came off the wrong way. I care about your feelings. How are you feeling? You know, having those sorts of dialogues and, um, versus saying, I'm sorry for yourself. You're and oftentimes it's just a habit that we've picked up on. We're not even we're not even recognizing how many times, like you said, you're you had to have your client put the money into the jar every time that she said, I'm sorry, just to give her a visual of how often that she was saying it. Like, oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, I didn't actually make her do that. I was like a joke. I was like, I felt like I oh, should have okay. because it was I think, like all of all of the time. And so I told her, I'd be like, you said it again and you said it again and, you know, and be like, okay, I think the visual representation would be great because now it, all of a sudden we're very much attached to our money. And when we see, <laughs> yeah, I, I should have, I'd be like, Hey, I need you to bring a lot of money to session today. I promise I'll give it back to you, but you need to see the physical representation with a sex like, coach saying, bring a whole bunch of ones to the session. Right. I'd be like, Hey, hey you know, I'll take you right back to my twenties. Um, <laughs> She'll be like, oh, what kind of therapy is goodness this? Goodness gracious. Be like, yeah. Yeah. So sex, I, sex, sex coaching is not a hands-on experience for anybody out there. That's not familiar with sex coaching. Sex, hands-on work for that is those are sexological body workers. If you're not familiar with that, I recommend watching the Netflix special sex, love and goop. It's a great special to talk about the erotic blueprint. It's to learn about the different aspects of like sexuality and, um, in a really healthy, beautiful, well-done documentary format. Um, so why yeah. don't you clarify, you know, what sex coaching is for you? So everyone understands it a little bit clearer. Sure. Um, sex coaching for me is really about creating safe spaces for people to talk about their feelings about sex. It's not therapy. I'm not a counselor. I need to be like super clear with people about all of that. Um, I can do that with couples. I can do that with individuals. And it's really about helping people take the shame away from their viewpoint in regards to their body and their sexual experience and acknowledging where things are coming from in the present, because counseling is more like the past, right? Coaching is about in the present and what you're going to do to help facilitate a better future that's in alignment with who you are in your value system. Um, And then just helping people to have those healthier boundaries within themselves and with other people, because sometimes with um, our sexual energy, depending on what we have experienced in our past, especially if you experienced trauma, um, you might not have great boundaries with yourself and how you are engaging with the outside world. And to forgive yourself for any of your past indiscretions, as well as forgiving other people is really important because forgiving somebody and forgiving yourself is not condoning the action. 
Thank you for saying that. It's not condoning the action. It is not condoning the action. It is very important for people to understand that difference. But forgiving yourself and forgiving other people is letting go to the energetic tether that is connected to that experience. And then you free up all that energy. I don't think people understand that, you know, the having not being able to forgive yourself or others, how much energy that takes to hold on to something. It's like you're holding oh on my God. to this 50 pound baggage that you have to tote around all the time. Everywhere you go, you have to carry that weight with you all the time. And then when you finally let it go, you're no longer carrying that. You're like, wow, one, I didn't realize how tired I am from carrying that. And now I need to rest myself. And then two, like, oh, I have, now I have so much freedom, energy. I have more freedom to move because I'm not carrying this stuff. I have more freedom just to, just to be myself without that load, that weight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another important point is that it takes the time that it takes. So for instance, like I had a really traumatic thing happen to me back in Washington state and it took me at least six months of almost every day, just being like, I forgive this person. I cut the energetic cords to this person. And like the thoughts were just so invasive. Like they just can keep coming into my brain and yeah. And it just, it literally took me probably six months before I was able to just be in a clear space about it. And sometimes people think you six can months is impressive. I'm, I'm still working <laughs> with one person from 16 years. So, but you know, it's, it's gradual and it does take the time that it takes. I remember I had a, my, one of my very first spiritual mentors, I was in like what I called the pit of despair, which is really the dark night of the soul, but I didn't yeah. know about the dark night of the soul. I, sure. so I came up with my own name. And I remember him, I was like, how many times do I have to be here? And he's like, as many times as it takes. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever wanted to punch a minister. <laughs> and I was just like, are you kidding me? Really? Oh, that's so um, much. <laughs> now, you know, I hear myself t- telling that to my clients and I like duck a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's super funny. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm really honest with my coaching clients. Like I will share about my life experience um, so that they don't feel so alone and things that they have experienced because I don't feel shame about it. It took me a really long time to let go of the shame from quite a few things in my past that I did that were like less than ideal. And, um, but I'm not a perfect person, you know, like the things, the pain that I've experienced, the trauma that I've experienced, the less than ideal things that I did when I was young and ignorant and arrogant and entitled and had a hard edge to me. Like people meet me these days, they're like, oh, you're so sweet, nice, and all the things. And I'm like, oh, I am. I am. But it's like some of those, and those that's like the core of who I am is being a sweet person. But it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work on myself to get to where I am today at age 42, to be like very grounded, very mature, and yet still be able to play and be real and and know that it's okay. And I think that when we share our stories, it's like you become a permissionary. You give permission to other people to share their story because they're like, oh, like this person experienced something. And by them sharing, that means that I'm probably safe to share my own story with them too. And, and then they share that experience in the power of circles, you know, bringing the, oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. And when we start to share our circle, our, our experiences in the sacredness of a, a woman's circle, then you have that permission yeah. to open up and you realize you're not alone. Yes. And so because we're coming near the end of the show, I want to make sure everyone knows where they can come and sit with you, ah, thank you. because this is part of your mission too. It's true. 
Yeah. So right now there are two ways that are pretty easy. So if you want to be on my show, the YouTube channel, Horsepower Empowerment Through Connection, um, or if you want to collaborate with me on a retreat or a workshop or something cool, or you want to do the coaching with me, you can go to www.globalequineaffiliates.com. Now here's my vulnerable piece is that I've been creating a membership. The website is not completely done, but if you want to write this down so that you can go look at it and stay tuned, um, it's a membership on playfulpivot.com. And so I'll be bringing on weekly experts in different fields to be able to deep dive into conversation with the group and we'll have a library and then you can get one-on-one coaching with me at the top tier membership program. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it because I've had a lot of transition in my life and I am exceptionally resilient and I'm great at holding on to joy and wonder through that. And I'm really excited to be able to help facilitate that gift to other people. Um, and I love the name playful pivot because play is so important. I teach this to my clients as well. Like we have to bring in more play. I have to remind myself of this all the time because that is what brings in the joy. And it's through the joy that we stay more aligned and doing the things that we love. And we have to create that for ourselves. So I really appreciate you sharing so much of yourself and being, you. you know, just so open and authentically you. And then I know that's taken work. It takes work for all of us. And it's a yeah. daily thing. Every time we show up on these calls, we're being vulnerable. It might seem like we're having an easy conversation, but like you say, sometimes we bumble our words or call the, the guest the wrong name, <laughs> but it's okay because there's no such thing as the perfect woman, the perfect human. And so we just sh- keep showing up. So definitely go over and check out uh, Lisa's YouTube channel, because then you can see all the interviews that she's doing. And then you can actually see what's going to be on her platform an example of that. Or you can even join, you forgot to mention your women's Facebook group, which yes. is uh, the, the, the women's the Phoenix, Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising Women's Group on Facebook has over 400 women from around the world who show up and share, and you're allowed to promote your business on my platform because I'm here to support all of you out there, ladies. And then if you want to check out my Instagram, it's at Elysia Bus, E-L-Y-S-I-A-B-U-S-S. And then I have different events sometimes that I post up there that I'm doing locally in Charlottesville, Virginia with my women's group talking about circles. If you want to be in a physical circle, we do those for the um, women's group on meetup.com. And then we have, um, yeah. So much, so much, so much, so much. But everything's on your website. So we'll be able to tap in there. So if you're listening, thank you so much for being here yet again for women thriving unapologetically and honoring all of our guests here and honoring yourself and taking the time to really tap in to what is important and sacred for you. And if you want to continue to tap into that, just remember to reach out to me so that you can be on our email list for upcoming podcast shows of women thriving unapologetically. You can reach out to me on two ways, lindsay.tv slash practices, and you'll get on the email list and get some amazing practices for you to keep you grounded and nurtured in times of change. So we'll be here next week with another amazing guest. Take care, everyone. This is Lindsay McCowan on Women Thriving Unapologetically. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.